you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Naomi Klein is an award-winning journalist and New York Times best-selling author. She is senior correspondent for The Intercept, a puffing writing fellow at Type Media Center, and is the inaugural Gloria Steinem Endowed Chair in Media, Culture, and Feminist Studies at Rutgers University. Ooh, Naomi Klein has it going on, baby. haven't seen each other in a long while. We haven't been face-to-face since the campaign. And then all mm-hmm. hell has broken since loose. Te- since Texas, I think. Since, yeah, that was it. Yep. And all hell has broken loose, depending on, or heaven, depending on how you want to look at it. I think people will say hell since March. And a lot of people have been holding in place. So I just want to check on you. What are you focusing in on now? What are you thinking about? What's going on? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's so good to hear your voice, Nina, and to reconnect. And I'm really glad you're doing the podcast to keep some of the conversations going that we began uh, on the campaign trail. And I also really, I feel like people who were deep in the Sanders campaign and nobody was in deeper than you and the senator... I think there, there's a there's a unique kind of whiplash um, that these past few months have felt like because it was such a high um, and then just such a crash. You know, um, there I remember there was some sort of like challenge going on 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 social media a few months ago where they were asking people to to share 
like the most recent like photographs from when things were normal pre-COVID. And all of my photographs were from the campaign. <laughs> um, and, and, <laughs> um, and yeah, I feel like the high point, like for me, the real high point was being in Las Vegas on the day of the victory and just like what that felt like. And then just everything after that moment, just getting worse and worse and worse. But at the same time, I think the, 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 the racial justice uprisings, the, just the, these the huge demonstrations um standing up for black lives and people leaving their lockdowns to fight for justice was was pretty exciting as well even though obviously what sparked it is so horrific um but i feel like the, the that that multiracial youth-led movement is a lot of the energy that we felt on the campaign trail too right and when politics doesn't provide a possible way of change people are going to take to the streets and they need to and it's not an either or we need both we absolutely do you know you bringing up the the movement for black lives and how young people are taken to the streets and pulling what I would call it more seasoned people with them. You, you made me think about how you have certainly uh, not only was one of the, what I would say, foremothers of the Green New Deal, uh, you really push really hard in, in, in how you present what the greening of the world will look like. You always uh, make the link between the intersectionality of climate change, racism, inequality, and this pandemic has made it so crystal clear that that intersectionality is real and that it needs to be dealt with in an intersectional way. Do you think this moment provides us the opportunity to take on uh, your challenge? The pushback before COVID was always, well, look, people don't, you know, America's not going to embrace huge change of the kind that the a green new deal represents in in the absence of a crisis um and of course there was a crisis before the crisis right and there are multiple crises before what gets like what, what gets defined as a crisis is really about power um and we know that there were many intersecting crises before covid um, and and that's why the campaign was calling for a political revolution. Um, but I heard a lot, and I think the Sanders campaign heard a lot of like people don't want a revolution. You know, people want incremental change, right? And especially after Trump, you know, people want a kind of a steady as she goes kind of change, right? And and I think that I understand the appeal of that. You know, I understand the fear of that sort of sudden change after so much tumult, right? And after so much trauma, uh, you know, I remember being in a in the in the in one of the caucuses in in Las Vegas and hearing from some Biden supporters. You know, we love Bernie, um, but can't we just sort of have a transition period after Trump? Like, can't we just kind of all catch our breath? You know. Um, and so I think, 
you know, when it comes to climate, we know we don't have that change, that time, right? We know we can't, we, we have to move fast, you know, my, and, and we have to be willing to change everything. And, and that's what a Green New Deal represents. And I think that um, the fact is that if all your economic indicators are relatively good, if unemployment rates are low, if the economy is growing, it's harder to get people to fathom that kind of change. And so the moment we're in right now, where all the systems are collapsing, and we have a massive unemployment crisis, and nothing about our economy is working for the vast majority of people, um, the kind of bold vision that a Green New Deal represents, where we are forced to reimagine how we live, how we think about housing, what we want from education, healthcare, um, and of course, energy and transportation, um, I think that is now understood as the only scale of change that will actually get us out of the economic crisis and the the pandemic and provide an opportunity for the kind of racial justice reckoning that our moment demands as well. You know, when you call for a defunding of the police, right, it's really a very deep discussion about what the resources of where the resources of society should go. And it, and it requires a huge investment in, in the infrastructure of care and then the kinds of communities we have, which is what we're talking about when we talk about a Green New Deal. So, I mean, look, Nina, obviously you and I both hoped for a different situation. You know, we wanted there to be a presidential campaign that was, that was talking about the policies um, that we need and, 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 and was talking about a laying out a political process that would pick up these movement demands and translate them into policy. And that's obviously not where we are with Biden. But I think zooming out and thinking about the the macroeconomics of the moment and, you know, what are what you know, what are the conditions historically that have produced catalytic change? They are moments of trauma like this. They are the Great Depression. They are the post-Civil War Reconstruction. Um, they are the Second World War uh, mobilizations. Um, so in that sense, I think in that sort of sweep of history, we are in a better moment than we were in terms of imagining the scale of change. When we our need. comfort zone is no longer comfortable and for a mass number of people, and that is really what COVID has done. I mean, certainly blinders should be off if we didn't recognize it before we recognize it now. And I love when you talk about the the whole recognition that people like you and I and so many others who are leaders in this movement or in fellowship or sistership in this movement who understand that there was or were crises before this particular crisis and who gets to describe what's a crisis depends on the power. And that is such an important point that I, I just want us to marinate in for a little bit. The Green New Deal itself, um, the very saving of our planet, of Mother Earth, is something that all nations have to take on. We have to be able to do that together. And what a mighty experiment that would be, Naomi, to have world leaders of nations both large and small come together and say we're going to take on a green new deal we're going to do it together and here are the parameters here's how we get this started i mean certainly with the current president that is not going to happen he does not play well with others he doesn't even play well in his own country but that's another discussion for us do you think that 
we could have from the grassroots leadership to leadership that is elected, a push for that kind of visionary change that will actually take the world by storm in a very positive way to save ourselves as we save Mother Earth? We have to work towards it. I mean, what choice do we have, right? Um, And I think one of the strengths of the Green New Deal as a frame is that it, it harkens back to the original New Deal with all of its profound exclusions and failures um, and also its successes. I mean, the, the original New Deal is the reason we have Social Security and unemployment insurance. It electrified much of rural America. And it, ha- it, it systemically discriminated against African-Americans, against women, um, against many immigrants. Um, it, 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 and these are not flaws. These were, these were, they were deliberate. They were deliberate. They were political decisions that were made. And I think that the, the Green New Deal from the onset was an attempt to repair uh, the exclusions of the original New Deal, among other things. Um, But the New Deal was an economic stimulus program in the midst of the Great Depression, in the midst of the Dust Bowl, um, at, at a time when only those sorts of sweeping changes had any hope of pulling the United States out of depression. And even so, it wasn't bold enough, you know, and there was huge push from social movements and sit down strikes and, 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 and general strikes, um, pushing for bolder stimulus spending. And it wasn't until the Second World War and the vast spending in the context of the Second World War that the U.S. was finally and decisively pulled out of an economic depression. And we are in this moment where globally every country in the world is in an economic crisis. Every country needs to fashion some kind of economic stimulus. And one sign of hope, I would say, Nina, is that if we think back to 2008, 2009, after the financial crisis, the global financial crisis, there was climate was really pushed off the agenda. Um, you know, there were a few of us who were pushing for a Green New Deal style response to that economic crisis. But instead, we got brutal economic austerity around the world. Um, and now I think there's very much a different mood where, you know, in Europe and um, in, in, in at a subnational level in parts of the United States, you have a very clear vision to say, OK, we don't have just one crisis. We have many crises. And if there's something that COVID has taught us, it's that we have to stop telling ourselves that the worst won't happen. The worst may very well happen. And I think that 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 mindset that allowed people to just kind of reassure themselves about climate, like, oh, maybe maybe it won't happen or maybe it won't happen during my lifetime, you know, maybe we'll be okay. I I think people get that we're not going to be okay that like all the debts are coming due um, and, and we actually have to listen to scientists and we have to you know, ground our policy in reality. And so I think we have opportunities to, 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 to multitask, right? To, to think about a Green New Deal in a way that is really rooted in the Black Lives Matter analysis around defunding the carceral state um, including the military, 
moving resources over to the to to deep investments in care and repair and i and i think this needs to happen globally you know there's something really interesting that's happening around covid that it's like we're being told to slow down (laughs) and every time we try to speed back up every time we put our foot back on that accelerator marked business as usual, the virus comes surging back. Have you noticed this? I have noticed that. Yes, it, it is forcing us to to slow down. I totally agree that uh, for some of us, it, it's God. For others, it's the universe. You know, call it what you will. But yes, the universe is speaking to us as humankind and telling us to we got to do things a different way because the way that we've been doing things is absolutely not working. And not only is it not working, it's, it's killing us, literally. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. And if you think about like the, the business proposals for how to deal with the virus, right? They are offering people the, their, what they had before the pandemic, only much worse, right? It's all like it's, it's, it's not going back to normal. It's going back to worse than normal, like a much l- more dehumanized normal without the relationships that make work bearable in so many ways, right? So I feel like it's this tremendous challenge of really thinking much more creatively about how we use these years. It might, because it may be two years that we're talking about before there's a vaccine that actually rolls out at, at anything like the scale we need. And I think we need to think of these as the years of repair, you know, repairing our relationships with each other doing that hard historical reckoning, the, 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 the rendezvous with history that has been delayed and postponed and denied for centuries, and having a realignment where getting the economy going doesn't mean torching the planet. <laughs> um, because we're so out of alignment that getting the economy back to normal means putting our Earth back into crisis uh, and that and and ourselves back into crisis so that is such a that speaks to such a profound misalignment between the goals of an economy and the goals of people on this planet and all of life on this planet and so we can never go back to normal I mean going back to normal is totally unacceptable so we have an awesome responsibility and also opportunity to reshape our new normal and so when you say years that what this COVID and the impact that it is having on us and if it's another 24 months then we can use that as our years of repair so I don't know let the let the repairing begin let the boldness begin because you also talked about us being bold and this is a opportunity for us to reflect and to be bolder and not just you know, a lot of times people, I believe so many of us have ceded our power and our authority to elected officials. And what certainly you have shown in your work in so many other grassroots activists is that the power really is in the hands of the people. What would you say to folks right now who are feeling really overwhelmed, whether they're overwhelmed because they're unemployed or underemployed, overwhelmed about this moment because they're not seeing the boldness happen from elected leaders, even in the face of COVID. My God, we, we still have people running for president who don't understand that Medicare for all is, is, is not just this cute idea that millions of people continue to suffer and we're adding to those roles and that we must have it. But what would you say to the to people who 
who feel kind of powerless in this moment. They were feeling powerless before, but they feel especially powerless right now. How how could you encourage them to that to, to find their power, to find that thing that they can do? Well, it's such a, a tricky difference? moment um, because this virus keeps us more isolated um, than we need to be you know we, we we need to find each other that's one thing that all political organizers understand we have to build power and that means breaking isolation and i think that was to me that was always the most beautiful part of the sanders campaign and why it was such a joy to be a part of it was that that not me us feeling um and it going beyond this sort of not Bernie us, but also not me and my problems, but us, right? Like not like that my, what, what my unemployment or my medical debts or my student debts are not just my fault. They are a systemic created crisis. And when we find each other, we find that, um, that, that first of all, it's not a personal failing. Um, and we also don't need to solve it by ourselves. There, 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 there is power that can be won and earned when people get together who all have problems and make a problem for those in power. And so how do we navigate this virus that is, uh, you know, the, how, do, how do we organize in the context of a virus that is... Um, that is telling us that we have to be careful about how much we are face to face with each other indoors. Um, and how do we break that feeling of isolation? Like people are listening to us alone, right? When they're not in a rally, <laughs> I'm used to hearing your voice, you know, in front of thousands of people, um, and getting that energy back from the crowd. Um, and that give and take where, you realize that people, how many, how much people agree with you, you know, and they realize how much everybody around them agrees with, 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 with them. And, and it becomes an empowering experience, which is different than being alone and maybe having your headphones on and being all alone and thinking about your problems and getting overwhelmed. Right. Um, and so, I think a big part of it is just remembering that even though we may be alone in this particular instance, we are not alone. Um, Joe, the fact that Joe Biden is um, the presumptive nominee is not a reflection of the fact that a majority of voters are aligned with his brand of conservatism within the Democratic Party. People believed he was safe. They believed he was safe, um, despite many people disagreeing with his policies. They were looking for somebody who felt like a safe bet to beat Trump. And they landed on Biden. Um, and there are all kinds of, you know, we could rehash this over and over again about the, 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 condi the conditions that led to that calculation and whether it was right or whether it was wrong. But that is, but I think it is important to understand that it isn't reflecting where people are at politically. Where people are at politically is much more progressive than Joe Biden. And when we look at what the movement for Black Lives has accomplished in shifting the debate over a matter of just a couple of months, 
um, where having serious discussion about defunding the police and closing prisons, it you know is is having to be debated on MSNBC and 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 CNN and in the pages of the New York Times. I think that that that, that can happen during a Trump presidency should show us how much power there is in mass organizing. Um, and, and that can happen in the context of outdoor demonstrations, and it can also happen online in the context of self-education and teaching. And it can happen in smaller, in smaller gatherings as well, if we're careful. I think, you know, personally, I think we should be making the most of, of summer and the fact that we can be outdoors more. And it's healthier to be outdoors too, in terms of the COVID. It, it, it's better to be outside in open air than it is to exactly. be hemmed up in inside exactly um, and we can we can do things together outdoors we can talk we can plan we can organize it doesn't have to just be you know going to going going to go shopping and you know going to restaurants we're not saying don't do that but that's not the we have to make good use of our face-to-face time um in these months absolutely we do and this is all some good news because it just shows that no matter how things are reflecting there's always the opportunity to do things different to do them better to have progress we just have to have the mindset to see the opportunity sometimes it's opaque (laughs) you know the opportunity is not as clear it's opaque and so you just gotta kind of keep sifting through so that you can see when you mentioned the movement for black lives that I, I, I believe it's important also for people to recognize that those seeds were planted years ago and so what we're seeing now is the manifestation of the hard work that the movement has been doing for several years to get us to this moment and then that spark happened COVID happened what happened to George Floyd happened unfortunately and it did lead to a spark that has forever not only changed our country but the world I mean people are unifying around the notion of black lives all over the world, Naomi, not just in the United States of America, and forcing people with special titles, whether it's elected titles or titles within corporations, to take a look and to do a new thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting to think about why, you know, what it is about this moment that is different um you know i'd love to hear your take on that like why this breakthrough why now um do you do you do do, do you have a theory there i don't know it's it's a confluence of things because you and i know racial or racism been in place since the inception of this country anti-blackness the inception of this country the kind of suffering whether it's being unemployed underemployed not having enough health insurance, environmental racism, a criminal justice system that has needed to be reformed for many generations. All of those things were always swirling in our environment and you had different leaders at different times raising the various issues. And here we have the COVID as you've laid out and then George Floyd, people are unemployed, they are fed up. They understand personally now, whichever side they're on, that 
the way things are working is not really working for them, their families, their communities. And I believe it was the confluence of all of those things happening all at once that caused this uprising to happen. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ATT connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And I, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, in the aftermath of or in the midst of disasters, when you have a real disdain for life expressed, it can be very radicalizing. You know, and I think people saw that in the eyes of George Floyd's murderers. Um, and, you know, I, th- I, I think about Puerto Rico in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria and um the the uprising that that eventually forced the governor to resign it was sparked by these leaked text messages where you know after many months of suffering uh in the aftermath of maria but as we all know there are always crises before the crises and um and crises before those but and a layering of all of that the sort of the the last straw was this text chain where government officials were making jokes about the bodies um, of of people who 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 were um, you know left out in the open after Hurricane Maria, and it was just sort of seeing in black and white the the total disdain for life that that was just too much, and you never you you never I guess the point is you can never predict when the moment will be that people just have just say enough we will not we, we will not put up with it anymore and all the serious people up until that moment will be telling you oh no 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 people don't want a lot of you know they don't want deep change they don't want a revolution everything's fine incremental this incremental that and then something will happen and it and and it will just be enough and it will only be deep change that anybody is interested in talking about and I think for those of us who who are part of the Sanders campaign, it's it's like we also have to just be honest. It took me a while, be honest with you, for the first couple months, I think I was just 
deeply depressed. And I was like, why am I, why aren't I being more productive? Why can't I do this? Why can't, and I just, I just finally admitted to myself how sad I was Um, that I'm sure, because I think that for those of us who tasted it, you know, um, in those moments, like in Las Vegas, you know, when the people who make that city work, who shine the slot machines, you know, who, who ferry the gamblers to and from the airport as Uber drivers, who, who know the lie behind the dream came out from the shadows and said, no way, you know, we are, we are voting for something different and, and, and gave, Bernie, that decisive victory on the Las Vegas Strip of all places, you know. Um, the union bosses made it seem as though they would never go for you yeah. know, Medicare for all, that all was lost. They, they, they came through and they came through for themselves and their futures. They defied the quote unquote bosses and were very much in line, Naomi, as you and I both know, with the people across this country with our see we're not we're no longer radical i don't know what we're gonna do then we're, we're not radical we're, we're right in line <laughs> with the majority of our sisters and brothers in this country who really do want a new new a new new deal across the board whether it's environmental mm-hmm. or racial political mm-hmm. social they really do and you know i'm looking at the cover i have your newest your latest book. but we did oh. Nina we got outplayed we got outplayed and so you know what do we do with the fact that we know we could have won that's what's hard it's really hard and figuring out why we didn't we we need a lot of honesty we need we need our own repair and reckoning and 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 because we can't we can't repeat those mistakes we can't you know, and there's always in the same way that in American history, you're only ever allowed to look forward and never back, you know, <laughs> no forward. There's no history. Every day is brand new. Um, we can't have that within our movements. We have to be allowed to have real, real postmortems, um, because how else will we not repeat these these setbacks that have so much at stake? Yeah, sorry. No, the postmortem, no, that was those that word came to mind when you were talking about that you have to know you know James Baldwin once said no from whence you came and so we can overlay that on what you and I are talking about we have to understand the path we came from to understand where we are going and that takes some courage to do that though to to really to self-assess to be self-aware and to assess what went right, what went wrong, what could have been done differently, because you are absolutely right. We could have, we could have won. And and I think that that's a question for those of us who are part of the Sanders campaign, but it's, it's, it's a question for the sort of progressive coalition more broadly too. people who didn't join Sanders, but didn't support Biden either. Um, so how, how do we keep this from happening again? Because the stakes are just too, too damn high. So we can, you know, we can put the best face forward about what movements can do. And we can talk about what we can get done at the city level and at the state level and at the regional level. And there are some really exciting things happening around sort of Green New Deals for 
um, for, for, for New England or for the Pacific Northwest. And, and, and that's great. And we need to do that, but we can't give up on the, on the national either. No, we cannot. And we have to find a way to do all of those things at the same time. Well, (laughs) I have in front of me a book in red and it says on, and there's a fire, there's fire, the burning case for a green new deal written by the magnificent Naomi Klein and one of your colleagues in all things green calls you the intellectual godmother of the Green New Deal. That is none other than Bill McKibben. And so talking to you, Naomi, just make made me think about how we could take the cover and the title of your book on the burning case for a Green New Deal on the burning new case for uh, the burning case for Medicare for all on the burning case for criminal justice reform on the bur- and we can go on and on and on. I mean that is this that's it let's be on and there's a burning case for so many of the issues that will have transformative or the issues that will make for transformative change in the lives of everyday people. So you and I are on, let's be on. (laughs) And you know, that fire, right. Is, is it's, it's a reminder that, that the world was on fire before this fire. Um, But it should also, I think, invoke our own fire, right. That, that, that fire, that burning fire, that healing fire, because there is a kind of a a clearing away of debris that you know fire when it's healthy, you know, um, does it just it 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 makes room for for new growth, um, for new life, and 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 I think that 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 may be the moment we're in right now, where where our movements are are on fire and they are in the streets and. They are getting really focused on what is the core, what is the nucleus of the of the of the new world that we are going to build together, um, and it's you know it's, it's it's such a complicated moment politically, Nina. <laughs> like there's so it, there's so much to feel regret about, and there's so much grief. Um, and there's those, you know, that you realize that history has all of these could have been moments, those where, where it, you know, it's not inevitable that a society goes in one direction. It's a, it's just a series of decisions that are made by real people. <laughs> have um, a real impact, real consequences, but we definitely need to take not only a page from your latest book, but just go ahead and take the cover and be on fire for <laughs> burning case. And then you just fill in the blank for all of it. Yeah. All, all of, of it. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, how can people yeah. yes. find you? You have taken a little bit of a hiatus from social media. You and I were talking about that a little bit, how it does the body and the <laughs> mind good. You can't find me on Twitter. You can't find yeah. me. Jesus. <laughs> well, Twitter is a dangerous place at times. It can be used for good, but it can also be used for evil. But in terms of your website and other places where people can find out what you're doing and what you're up to, where should they go? Yeah, well, people can go to NaomiKlein.org, and I have a um, an organization I co-founded called TheLeap.org, 
which is sort of um, a proto Green New Deal, because we do need to leap. We need to, it's not going to be small steps that are going to get us where we need to go. Um, and so those are those are those are the places and and yeah I am taking a little break from social media because I am tired of screens and I want to try to be present um, uh, in the corporeal world um, for a while and just kind of uh, recharge and refocus uh, and do some writing and I and I I, I have been finding that that those spaces are not you know they can trick you into believing that it's the whole world and that's where people's heads are at and and um you know we like everything else we need to use social media as a as the powerful tool that it is but we can't let it colonize our brains because that's just so dangerous and i was just really finding that in this moment of more social isolation that i think is good for us um having social media replace that um is just it's never healthy but i think in in, in the absence of those more face to face relationships it was it was it was really starting to have a bad effect on me so that's why I stepped back for a little while and I just say that because I feel like anybody else who's getting down on social media um, should uh, do the same use it use an app called freedom and block Twitter for 24 hours at a time <laughs> amen to that I'm gonna have to follow your lead on that my dear sister because it is very toxic and it does it can be all consuming and it does make you feel like the entire world is, is, is at, in Twitter and it's not, it really is not, it's a much bigger, broader, bolder world than what is on Twitter. So yes, detox is what I'm comes sure knew mind. that in the Sanders campaign where they tried to make Twitter the face of the Sanders campaign and anybody who was on the campaign and met the wonderful, generous, um, and just incredibly humane people who made up the campaign knew what a gross distortion that was. Very much so. Oh my God. So yes, we will have to come back together and have that conversation. And speaking of Leap, I know you've said of the people on Leap, uh, of Leap that they are a kick-ass team who work all day, every day to turn the vision that's in your book on fire, the burning case for a Green New Deal to turn though these pages into a lived reality for all of us. And that is what we are working on, a lived reality that edifies, that lifts, that causes growth and opportunity and beauty and love and hope. And we can have all of those things and still be challenged. The one and only Naomi Klein, it has been such a pleasure to be with you today. Hello Somebody is a production of the Large Media Network. Our logo and web design was created by Grace & Co. Special thanks to other members of the Hello Somebody team, Pepper Chambers and Tiffany Hale. If you want to join and support this show, become a member on Patreon. Search for Hello Somebody. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. 
For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.